Begins. We really, really began with the uh, with the story last week. We read the first few lines of the story, and uh, we began seeing this really this chilek, this separation that takes place between the chacham and the tam, and that's as we're going to see going throughout this, the whole story is this this difference, this different way of living of the chacham and the tam. And as we began last week, really the chacham and the tam grew up and they began their lives in the ninth story. The chacham and the tam, really the chacham and the tam began their lives as best friends, and really they're going to really get back to that place where even. After all the travels of the Chacham, after everywhere that the Chacham ends up going, goes all over the world, he gets involved in a lot of different professions, he gets involved in a lot of different things, a lot of different Chachmas, he's going to end up coming back to the same city that he grew up in, he's going to go back to the Tom's house and try to rekindle his relationship, because at the end of the day, the Chacham really loves the Tom, because as we mentioned last week, or two weeks ago, really the Chacham and the Tom need each other. The Chacham needs a Tom, the Tom needs a Chacham, Yaakov needs Esav, if Esav would be living the life that he should be, Esav needs Yaakov Avinu, and really it's meant to be a partnership. Really a person has to have this level of a Tom, of Tamimus, of Pshitas, of simplicity, being able to serve the Rabbanish without major Chachma. At the same time, a person needs to be a Bar Havana. Originally, like we said two weeks ago, when he first talks about the Chacham, he calls him a Bar Havana, he calls him somebody who is you know, had, had a little bit of intellect as opposed to being a chacham. A chacham is going to be the derogatory term that's going to end up being used throughout the story. But really, it's a baravana, and really, they need each other. And that's why, as we said last week, two weeks ago, that they really, they began in the same house, in the same cheder. They began in the same city. They began as best friends. Their fathers are best friends. This was something that, Ba'etzim, they were meant to be, they were meant to have a shaykhaz to each other. They're meant to be friends with each other. They're meant to each learn from each other. And the problem was, is that Yaakov goes to Ishtam Yoshev Ha'olam. Yaakov becomes the Ishtam, and Asa becomes the Ishtada. Asa becomes the exact opposite, and they're not able to really get together in a way that the Chacham can learn from the Tam, the Tam can learn from the Chacham, and therefore there's a lack of them being able to create this balance between the world of Chachma and Tam. And Mamela, this is where the story you know, is going to start to split, where the Chacham and Tam originally begin together, they begin as best friends in the same city, in the same cheder, with a very, very similar upbringing, but they end up in two, in two very, very different places. And also, I think perhaps also, as again, as we'll see, we go through the story, it's not that, you know, sometimes people think that because of the upbringing of a person, that's why they ended up a certain way. Yeah, that should be another. Because of the upbringing of a person, that's why they ended up another way. They ended up in a certain place, and this person ended up in a different place because he grew up in a different type of house. We'll see that the Chacham and the Tam, they grew up in the same set of circumstances. Again, intellectually, they may be holding on a different level. What their interests were in life were maybe different. But nevertheless, they grew up, they both grew up in wealthy homes, they both grew up with big homes, they both grew up with fathers that were taking care of them, and they both ended up in opposite, opposite, opposite places. And really, it's, it's, it's teaching us also the kayach of bechiru, the kayach of choice that a person makes. That a person can say, listen, it's all nurture. Everything, this is just, you know, this is the way things are and it's just, I've been nurtured this way because of the set of circumstances I was born into. That's why I ended up here, over here. Nachman's telling us, it's not true. There were shnei balabatim that lived in one city and they both brought up their children in a very similar way and they ended up on the opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of avayz Hashem, in terms of simcha, in terms of happiness. In terms of being mistopic bemuid, in terms of what their jobs were, in terms of living a fulfilling life, they ended up on opposite ends of the spectrum, and it really it didn't. They, their lives didn't begin very different, like Yaakov and Esav. Like as I'll say, for the first thirteen years of their life, they were they were you couldn't tell them apart. They grew up they grew up in the same place. They both grew up in the house of Yitzchak and Rivka. They both had the same same set of circumstances, and nevertheless, Esav took his kaiches and became an ish sada. He became somebody who was kaifer bakal, somebody who was kaifer and tchias amesim, somebody who was a reitzach, a gilarai, shvichas damim, involved in the worst worst things, and Yaakovina became. And again, a person can blame a lot on the circumstances. A person can say, this is the way I was brought up. This is the matzah I was in. So therefore, Nachman's telling us it doesn't have to be that way. You can have two people growing up in the same city with the same set of circumstances. They're best friends. They get along with each other. So obviously they have a shaykhist. They have a kesher to each other. And nevertheless, they end up in two very, very different places. And this is really, 
again, the Pagam of Chachma, what takes place with the world of Chachma is that originally the Chacham, the child that was a Chacham, began as a Bar Havana, began as somebody who was more intelligent, somebody who was at the top of the class, somebody who was a Mitsuyan, somebody who understood more, and he was a Bar Havana. Maybe he wasn't cut out to be the, the shoemaker that the Tom's going to end up being. But nevertheless, what he ends up doing is much, much worse. He ends up allowing the Chachma to destroy him and to be able to become detrimental to his happiness, to his ability to be fulfilled, his ability to be able to be Oivet Hashem. And instead of him just remaining a Bar Havana, the Chachma ends up totally destroying him. Rachman writes in, 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 in Tinyana, in the second Chilak and the and Tari Yates, Rachman writes that the words Sheva Yipot Tzadik Vikam, the Seifa Tevis of those words, Sheva Yipot Tzadik Vikam is Amalek. Right, Sheva Yipol Tzadik Vakam, Sheva is Ayin, Yipol is a Lamed, Tzadik is a Kuf, and Vakam is the man that's Seifa Tevis Amalek. And Nachman explains over there, explains over there, at the Sheva, the seven, the Sheva Yipol Tzadik Vakam is referring to the seven Chachmais that there are in the world. We know the Groh you know, spoke about this, and many of the Tzadikim spoke about this, that there are seven various Chachmas in the world. There's math, and there's science, and there's music, there's various Chachmas within the world. The Rabbi Nachman says that that Sheva Yipol Tzadik Vakam, that seven, is the ability to take somebody who's a tzaddik and sheva yibol tzaddik become. It can take somebody who's a tzaddik and make him fall. And that's the clip of Amalek. The whole avoida of Amalek, what Amalek tries to do is Amalek is racious gaim Amalek. I think we mentioned this before. Racious gaim Amalek. Racious means the Indian of Chachma. Racious is the first of the spheres. That's the Indian of Chachma. What Amalek comes to do is Amalek comes to destroy Klal Yisrael with the place of Chachma. That Amalek always tells somebody that whatever you're doing is not enough. Asher on the derech. Klal Yisrael is on the path. Klal Yisrael is heading somewhere. And Amalek comes along and says, Karch, like Rashi says, a lashon of Kriris, they cool us down, that whatever we're involved in that we think is so good, that you're driving the car and you think it's, it's great, it's a great car. And then right away, Amalek comes driving off and drop nice a car next to you, and right away, that's the Kriris. On the derech, things are going well, you feel like you're being successful in business, and then you look over and you say, that's not success, the, the real success is what the other guy down the street's making. That's the Ashakarcha Baderech, that's the Kriris that the Chachma causes a person. Shevel Yipol Tzadik, a person gets up, thinks he's doing well, and then Shevel Yipol Tzadik, he makes him fool, makes it Tzadik. Fall again, how? Through the Indian of Chachma, through the Indian of Sheva. Sheva is the world of Teva. Through the Kayach of Chachma, Amalek makes a person fall and fall and fall again. That's where Abnachan writes over there in that Torah that the way we beat Amalek is very simple. Obviously, there was a fight, there was a war that was fought with Amalek. Amalek Machar, that Moshe Rabbeinu sent Yeshua out to fight the war. But what Moshe Rabbeinu did is Moshe Rabbeinu didn't fight the war. Moshe Rabbeinu sat on top of the mountain. Moshe Rabbeinu stood with his hands up. The Yod of Emuna, his hands were Emuna, Ad Baya Shemesh. Shemesh means clarity, Shemesh means the Hagad Vabaika Chazdecha. Moshe Rabbeinu understood that there's only one real way to beat Amalek. The Yod of Emuna, when you, when you connected to the world of Emuna, Emuna, which is Kmimus and Pshitas, connecting to Hashem, not in the way of Chachma, not in the way of trying to think that I understand everything, and have to figure everything out in a way of Kmimus and Pshitas, that's how a person is able to be Menatzech, Neged Amalek. And that's why Rachman explains that the way that Amalek, the way that Amalek got defeated, is when Moshe Rabbeinu had his heads held up, had his hands held up. As soon as his hands got tired and his hands went down, Klai Yisrael lost the war. And that's the Gemara very famously says, the Chiyad of Shemaisha, the hands of Moshe Rabbeinu make us win or lose the war. It's like tomorrow, no, Klai Yisrael is Mestakam Klapi Mala. That's when we won the war. When we weren't Mestakam Klapi Mala, Meshabed, Meshabed, Libeim, Lavim, Shabbat Shemayim, that's when we lost the war. But Nachman says the way that Moshe Rabbeinu got Klai Yisrael to be Meshabed, Libeim, Lavim, Shabbat Shemayim was in a very simple way. Moshe Rabbeinu took his hands and he lifted them up above his head. The head represents knowledge. The head represents Chachma. The head represents everything that I know and everything that's involved in the world of the Chacham. Zakt Moshe Rabbeinu, if you want to be Matzliach Neged Amalek, Amalek is the klipa of Ashakar Chavadarech. Amalek is the klipa of Sheva Yipol Tzadik Vakam. There's only one way to do it. Take your hands and take your hands up above your head. That the hands represent the Indian of Asiya, the Indian of doing. That Yadav are the Yadav is Kaychav Aitzim Yadi. Is that world of Asiya, of action? 
Zakhtar Rabbanishim, if you want to be Matzlech Neged Amalek, there's only one way to do it. Tamimus Hamshitas. Pick your hands up above your head, raise them above the place of Chachma, and only in that way, only by raising them above the world of Chachma, then you can be Matzlech against the, against the, against the Klippa of Amalek. And that's why. And Moshe Benna did that. Then Klaisol's Meshabad Libeim, Lavim, Meshabad Shemaim. Klaisol's Meshabad themselves to the Rabbanishim. As soon as Moshe Benna put his hands down under the place of Chachma, then right away everything fell apart. That's why. Svartim do this, and some Kabbalim do this, some Chassidim do this. Every time they wash their hands, they say, Hashem. They raise their hands up. Why? Because the whole idea of eating a Suda is very much involved in that world of If I'm eating a Suda, the food that I made or that I bought with my own money, the, the, the money that I did, so right away I start to think, it's all me, and everything's me, like the Chacham. The Chacham says, it's all me, there's no Rabbanisham in the world. We're going to see later on in the story, he's Kaifer and the fact that there could be Rabbanisham. He says, it's all me, the way that you mavatal that Kaifer is the way Moshe Rabbein is mavatal. Right before a person washes his hands, right before a person eats, a person says, it's all you. I don't have the ability to, there's no I can't do anything without you. I'm totally 100% reliant on you with that world of Tamim Shitas. Even the Kruvim, I mentioned this last night a little bit, that even the Kruvim, the way the Kruvim were in the place, the Kruvim were in the place, the Kaidish HaKadashim, the Kaidish HaKadashim is that place which is Lamalamitam Vadas. It's not, it's not understood intellectually. As Chazal say, the Oren is Einim and Amida, that the Oren didn't take up any physical space. If you counted the space once out of the Kaidish HaKadashim to the other, it didn't make sense where the Oren was. The Oren's a physical item. But it doesn't take up any physical space because the whole idea of the Kaddish Hakadoshim is to go to a place which is the Malamitam Vadas, above intel, above intellect, above knowledge, above seichel, above that world. It's a place of Afnei Havayti Taru, a place which is beyond any chachma. And in that place, you have the two Kruvim over there, which represent connect, connection to the Rabbanishlam. Zakta Pasik, how do the Kruvim hold their hands? They don't hold their hands like this. They don't hold their hands opposite each other, but they hold their hands above their head. Their wings are above their head, and that's the way they're connecting to each other. Because the way that Kla Yisrael connects to the Rabbanish Shalom, which that's what the Kruvim represent, is Kla Yisrael and the Rabbanish Shalom. Chazal said when Kla Yisrael is doing Ritzayin Shemakam, they face each other. Chalil Fakert, they turn around. When Kla Yisrael wants to connect to the Rabbanish the Ikr way is to be Mishmshita. So Rabbanish Shalom, we're here to connect to you, huh? The children also. The children, 100%. That's why they're children. That's why I heard my Rebbe one time said, my Rebbe Yisrael, he said, that's the imik of why in Simchas everyone puts the children on the shoulders. Because your head represents all your chachma. You take the child, which represents, like you're saying, the tmimus and the pshitas simplicity. If you tell a kid, to, you tell a kid something, the kid believes in it. Right? Only when we get older, it's like, wait, it doesn't make any sense. How do you know? What do the archaeologists say? I don't know. You know, Everyone's trying to figure everything out. When a kid's little, it's tmimus and pshitas. You tell a kid something, says he believes it 100%. He's able to believe it to him. You take the child, Simchas Torah, the Aymak of Simchas Torah is not Shvuas. Shvuas is the Chachma of Torah. Shvuas is when we sit and we learn the whole night, we're involved. Simchas Torah is Fakir. Like the Svar Magdashim write that the Sefer Torah is locked up. The Sefer Torah is, you know, it's, it's closed. And Fakir will even dance with, dance with Puzzle Sefer Torah and it's closed up with a mantle on top of it. There's come out no learning in Simchas Torah. A year who's standing there during a kafas and learning is up is missing a little bit of the whole Indian in Simchas Torah. The Indian is Pashat Simchas Torah. Aye, Ramamash holding up Parashas Barley came, holding Mamash at the beginning with Tamimus Hamshitas. Right, Rabbi Nachman said one of the greatest, greatest matanas that Moshe Rabbeinu did for us is that Moshe Rabbeinu began the Sefer Torah with Parashas Barley came. There's no Chachma, there's no introduction, there's no, there's no, there's nothing fancy about it. It's Parashas Barley Kim, Esheshmaim You know the world started. The Rabbi Nachman created it. Simple Tamimus Hamshitas, Rabbi Nachman and Tzichas Everything was done in a very, very simple way. Maybe we take the kids, we put them on top of our shoulders. The kids become higher than us and Simchas Torah because that's the imik of Simchas Torah is that we get to that place of Tamimus Hamshitas, a place of simplicity where the hands are above the head, like they look like children. It's that yichud that takes place between Klal Yisrael and the which is just Tamimus Hamshitas. And that's where Rabbi Nachman himself said, and this is, you know, Bavos from Rabbi Nachman and Breslov in general, that they weren't very, very into, into Chumras. Not Chumras Yiseris. 
do Ratzon Hashem, follow Shulchan Aruch, do what the Shulchan Aruch says, without trying to be constantly looking around for Chumras Yisairis. Why? Zerachman says part of, again, there's a concept of Chumras, which is, which is coming from the place of Kedusha, but very often, Zerachman said, the place of Chumras is coming from the fact that you don't feel that what you're doing in Avedis Hashem is enough. That a person puts on tefillin and he says, it's not enough. It's not enough. I don't, I, don't feel like it's, I don't feel like it's big enough. I don't feel like it's grand enough. It's not enough. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take a chumrah now. I'm going to put it on a benetam. And then I'm going to put on four piers of tefillin. And again, there's a concept of kedusha. There's a concept of a person, a maila makaydash, a person, you know, attaining greater levels of kedusha. But Rachman said, often what happens is, is that those chumras come from a place where a person feels ba'atzvah about their level of voidus Hashem. So what they try to do is they try to grab onto madregas that are above their own madrega, things that they're not really holding by. Say, oh, if only like I fasted every, every Monday and Thursday, then I would feel good about my voidus Hashem. Now I eat every day. I feel like Mamash Yitzchak, and I'm reading, I'm reading Gedolim books about the biographies about Big Gedolim, and I'm reading that they used to fast Mamash every Monday and Thursday, you know, throughout the year. So, Chach Bahabai should fast, Chach Mami, you know, every Monday and Thursday, every other Monday, I should do something, because otherwise, what I'm doing is not good enough. The fact that I'm davening Shachras and putting on tefillin, the fact that I'm learning and I'm pushing myself to learn Shemir and I'm trying to be careful about my Avodah Hashem, that's not enough. So, a person then tries to grab on the Chumr Siseris, thinking that, oh, that's going to. Nachman said, it all comes from that clip of Amalek. That Amalek comes, that a person's on the derech. Right? The way Rav Nachman began all of Sipurim Isis is that when Rav Nachman says, when I was on the derech, and anybody that heard the Maisa, anybody that hears the story, which is the first story, the story of Avedis Basmelech, but it's all the stories. A person that's on the derech and hears the story and understands that this is the story of our life, the story of it on the derech, we're on the path, we're doing what we need to be doing, and right away Amalek comes and Amalek says, it's not enough. We get cold in our Avedis Hashem because we don't value it. If we valued every chakras that we daven, if we really believed that every time we put on tefillin, it was shaking all of the alam. It's not just our world. Like all the Svar Magadashim bring down that Chevel Nachalasai, that Yaakov is Chevel Nachalasai, that we're roped down here. Nevesh Shechayim brings this down, and a lot of the Chesidish Svar bring this down as well. This Pshat and Yaakov Chevel Nachalasai, I think the, the Mizit Magad brings down come out the same Pshat as the Nevesh Shechayim, that we're like a rope. And when we shake, when you shake the bottom of a rope, it could be stories high. It could be, you know, 30, 40 stories high. When you shake the bottom of the rope, the whole rope shakes. And a yid needs to be maimed that everything that's taking place in all the higher alamas is really beginning right here. It's really beginning down at the bottom of the rope. In Olam Asir, all the way at the bottom. When I put on tefillin, I'm shaking the whole thing. I'm shaking all the alamas, atzilas, and itzira, everything shaking. I'm shaking the whole world. And if I really believe that, so I don't have to look for anything else. That I'm not looking for anything fancy. I'm just looking that my black kamara means the world to the Rabbani Shalom. It's shaking everything. It's making the biggest difference in the world. If I really believe that, I would value my black kamara more. I'd probably end up learning maybe a blot and a half or even an extra two, three lines. I'd end up learning more and I'd be involved in Avedis Hashem. The problem is I don't value that black kamara. So in Mela, I say the only way I can do it is if I do more and more and more. And I, and I end up grabbing onto things that are way beyond the madrega that I'm holding by. And then I end up falling because I'm trying to grab onto something that's not my madrega. And if you try to take two steps on the ladder, you end up falling off the ladder because it doesn't work. You have to, you have to go on a ladder and it's sula mutzav urza. It's shlav by shlav, step by step. And if I try to take two steps on a ladder, I end up falling apart. So the Yetzirah tells me that what I'm doing is not enough. What I'm doing is not good enough. That the avayda I'm involved in is not, is not big enough. It's not fancy. When they write the biography about me, they're going to have nothing to write. The biography is going to be empty. There's nothing, there's nothing fancy to write. There's no, I have no stories to say about my children's Sheva Rachis. There's no stories to say about Levaya. There's nothing to write in the, in the art school biography. So I'm a lo yitzlach. So what do I have to do? I have to do something that's grand, something that's big, something that's chumrus yiseris. And ultimately it's all coming from that place of the Yetzirah, which is trying to make us not value 
the Avodah Hashem were involved in. We don't have the Tmimus and Pshitas to say that, no, the Rabbi Hashem told me to do the mitzvah, the Rabbi Hashem told me that I, I can't be masig. It's not shaykh to be masig, the schar for the mitzvah I'm doing, and all I have to do is value the things that I'm already doing more, and then I'll get to a healthier place of taking on more in Avodah Hashem in a healthy way, as opposed to a way of where I don't value what I'm doing, and then I'm trying to grab onto things that are above my madrig. And that's what Rabbi says, the concept of chumris, Nachman said we don't need. A person just needs to do, he says, People are wants you to live life. Moshe wants you to live life feeling good about Yiddishkeit. The way to feel good about Yiddishkeit is not by taking on Chumr Siseris. It's by doing Ratzon Hashem in a way where a person, in a way where a person feels good about it. The reason why they're taking on more Chumr is because they feel like whatever I've done, I probably wasn't Yitzah. And I probably wasn't Yitzah. Maybe I'll have to do a thousand more times. I probably wasn't Yitzah. I, I don't have a full mor, full Morish Chayra. Full Atzvah. Full Atzvah. And that's why you find that by tzaddikim that were very medaktik and mitzvahs, it never ever came with a place of atzvah, samarish, chayra. It was with a simcha. Even the briskers, the real briskers, it's always with a simcha. There's no, there's no atzvah, there's no screaming at the wife, I have to go find the hadasim and the shuk. And the, there's no anger there, there's no atzvah there. They do it in a way of tamimah samshitas, that this is what they feel that they have to do for their avodah Hashem. This is where they feel like they're holding. I mean, they do it in a healthy way, but a person thinks that. If I just bought the Hadassim, you know, the Aleph Aleph Hadassim, the triple Aleph Hadassim that the Meicher sold me, and I spent nice money on them, but I didn't sit in the Shuk, you know, for four or five hours looking over to make sure that the Meshulash, you know, the hole from the top to the bottom, Shir Chazanish, so I probably wasn't Yaitse, and the guy next to me in Shul who did do that, he's probably the only guy in the whole Shul that's Yaitse, Yaitse, so then I feel bad about myself, I've Marish Chayra, and the feeling at the place of Atzvos, and the next year I end up doing it, but I'm not really holding by it, my wife and kids are now fuming at me that I was gone the whole Arab Sukkot, and everything's falling apart, because it all comes from that place of Asherkarchabaderech. That b'derech siparti ma'aser. Nachman says, "I'm telling the story. It's the story of the chacham and the tam. The tam is able to live with shitas, to be able to say that what I'm doing is important. What I'm doing is valuable. What I'm doing means something to Rabbanu Shalom. When a yid lives in that place, then he is able to live in that way where a person says, I don't have to be. I don't have to be constantly thinking about all the chesrenes that I have. I'm able to say that you know, I'm able to say what I'm doing means something. A person goes to a Shabbos. Nachman told him nothing. Nothing's yertzit this week. Nachman told him nothing. You have to be very, very careful." To be besimcha on Shabbos. Told him you have to be very careful with besimcha tamid. Mitzigadel be besimcha tamid. Said befran on Shabbos. A person has to be very careful to be besimcha. And then he told him not. Told him not said, but don't have daigus and atzvus about whether you're besimcha or not. Right? I told you it's very important to be besimcha. But then you're going to start having anxieties about was I besimcha or not. That's also not healthy. Just be besimcha. Don't make this into a whole asik, a whole Indian. After be besimcha. Now the whole Shabbos I'm sitting there and thinking was I besimcha enough? Maybe I wasn't a kind of besimcha enough. Maybe I wasn't besimcha. Just to be mishpshitas. Follow what follow what your Rebbe is telling you. To be besimcha. To be besimcha. Not fancy. It's not. It's not a whole ASIC. You don't have to make a whole any. You don't have to write a whole thing about it. It's simple. To me, some shitas follow it. The Rebbeinu That's what Rabnasan said when before Rabnasan was nifter. Rabnasan said that there's one. There's one etza that the Rebbe gave that he's not sure if he's makayim akaroi. Rabnasan was a was a was a Talmud who was makusher believe in nefesh, mesirus nefesh. Literally, he literally literally almost got killed at points and and mamish mesirus nefesh almost lost his, lost his wife and he, mamish mesirus nefesh to the highest extent for you know for for Nachman's Torah. But and and to me makayim. Every drop of the Rebbe's words, but he said that there's one one etzer that the Rebbe gave that he doesn't know if it's makayim karai, and that's the etzer of tamim samshitas. That's the etzer of just being able to be tamim pasha. Now, again, even thinking they were makayim tamim samshitas already is already that place of chachma, because that's the chacham saying maybe it wasn't enough of the tamim, enough of. But but that's the world of just of nothing saying that the tamim samshitas. It's so easy, but it's also so difficult. It's so hard. We get so caught up in our own heads, and we're so. 
We're misnagging against ourselves, allowing ourselves to just be okay. To just say we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. We're good. We're from. We're fighting. We're, we're involved in the battle against the Yitzhara every day. We're pushing ourselves. We're doing what we need to be doing. And Mamela, when we value that which we're doing, we'll end up doing more. It's not going to, you know, people think that if, if I pat myself on the back and I appreciate and I value what I'm doing, so then I'm going to end up, you know, being complacent and I'm, I'm going to end up staying in the exact same place. It's not true. The opposite is true. That when a person says, I'm going to push myself to a level that's way beyond what I'm capable of doing, and I'm going to jump into that place of Chumr Siseris, of Atzvah Samar Shchaira, that's for sure going to lead you to a place where a person is going to fall apart. And even that which you were doing before is going to fall apart. As Masha'enka, when a person says, I value what I'm doing, I appreciate it, I understand that it's important to myself, to the Rabbanisham, to the world. It's important to all the Ulamas. What I'm doing is, is something big. Right? This Farmak Dash Mosa, Nefesh Chaim, and the Tamid Al Shantar say the same Vard, and that's how you know that it's, it's Emes when it comes to Mamish, both Machanas. They say that a person needs Da Malamailo Memcha. Right, which the simple taich in the mission in Yavis is that you have to know malamal is ayin roya or is in shemas, but they taich and the vashchaim and the tamid of alshemtev both taich da malamala know that that which is taking place up above is memcha is because of you da malamala know in a way of real knowledge da means real das to really know and believe and integrate into my life that malamala that which is taking place in all the ilamas is memcha that when I daven a good shachris. When I push myself to come to minion on time, when I put on my tefillin and I say to Hashem before and I have kavana, which according to Mishabur, a person should have kavana when he puts on tefillin and sits in sukkah, according to the bach to be mekayim the shita sabach to make sure that I know why I'm doing it. And I put it on, no kavana sarishash, nothing fancy. I put it on and I say Rabbanishim, I'm putting this on to be mekashim. I leave and my mayach, my emotions and my mind to you, Rabbanishim, and I want to be connected to you. And I'm going to try to daven today. I'm going to try to be able to daven without any machshava zaris. I'm going to try to put effort into davening. I'm going to try not to talk during. Davening, trying to take up my phone during davening, trying not to leave before the end of davening. That's the biggest thing. And I don't have to be, I don't have to beat myself up that I'm not the Makobal who's standing there for six, seven hours with Kavanah Sarashash. That's not for me. That's not what I'm, I just want to follow Hashem with Tamibis and Pshitas to daven, to learn, to do what I'm supposed to be doing, to be involved in Avedis Hashem in a very, very simple way. And again, this is, as we'll see, that this is the Nachash is the Nachash, the Amalek, all the whole world of, of the Chacham, the Chacham of Klipa, that the Nachash, the, the, the Targum Taiches, the Nachash Arim. Mikol, 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 from all the animals that were there, that the Targum Taiches, Vanachashay, Arm, Armis, Armis Chakima, Armis that he was a Chacham, that the Nachash was too smart. The Nachash was that place of Chacham which destroyed Adam and Chava, destroyed the whole world. It was too smart. Yisim Kalekim, that what you're doing is not enough. The Banisham told you, you can eat from all the, all the trees. You can eat from everything, just don't eat from one tree. And the Nachash said, Yeah, but you know what? It's going to happen if you eat from that one tree. You're missing out. There's something lacking in your life because you're not eating from that. Spiritually, there's something lacking in your life because you're not eating from that tree. And that's what the Yetzirah does to a person constantly. A person keeps Shabbos. A person shemes Shabbos. And a person makes sure that he says Lacha Mishnah, he says Kiddush, and he says Miris, and he says Tvar Torah. And then he right away, he starts to feel on his way to Shul. When he's in Shul, he starts to feel Chalishas. He feels weak and he feels like, Shvach, that wasn't a good suda. I should have done this. I should have done this. I didn't do it enough. I didn't. Uh, and he feels right away, Mamish, like a real atzvah about the Avaydis Hashem that he was just involved in. That's all the Yisim Kalekim, that's all the atzvah Nachash, the Nachash Aram. The Nachash is too smart. And he gets into our heads in a way that doesn't allow us to just say, Tmimus and Pshitas, we want to just serve Hashem in a very, very simple way, in a, in a simplistic way, not simple that we're, that we're foolish, in a way of just Tmimus and Pshitas. Hashem are following Yeratzen, and we know that Ritzeneno is lasis Ritzenecha. We don't want to get involved in Sarsha Isa and Shibin Malchis. We just want to be able to do what you want us to do with that. Chumas to say with anything fancy, just to serve Hashem with Tumimus and Pshitas, to be a Pasht Yid, is the Grestazach. And this is, again, this is our Avoida. So let's, uh, sorry for the long winded, uh, winded third introduction, I think, right away I gave to the Misa. But let's, uh, let's, begin the, let's begin the Misa a little bit and see a little bit of the beginning of the Misa. We saw a few of these, two, three of the sentences last week. Let's go through the beginning of the story and we'll try to be masbered a little bit more by now. <laughs> Misa, yeah, there was a story. 
Again, it's not a story that actually happened, but it is a story that's actually happening. Right? The story didn't happen, but it's happening at every moment of our lives. There's a Yaakov and Esav inside of us. There's a Chacham and a Tom inside of us. And they're, uh, they're battling each other constantly inside of us. So, Maisa, there is a story. Not there was a story, but there is a story. Shnei Balabatim Irachas. There are two Balabatim that lived in one city. And they were very wealthy. They were very wealthy and they had big houses. Now, why does he call them Balabatim? And why is it important that they were wealthy? Why is it important that they had batim gedolim? So the Svarim explained, the Mepharshim on, on Sipurim Isis explained that a bias represents the concept of Amuna. David Melech says in Tehillim that Amuna, David Melech says, Amuna secha sviboy secha, that the Amuna of the Rabbanishal, my Amuna and your Rabbanishal, sviboy secha, it surrounds me. That what the concept of what a bias does to a person, a bias gives a person, practically, a bias gives, a house gives a person a certain sense of comfort. That I know if I have a roof over my head, I know at least I have a place to go. The worst, worst thing that a person could be is a person's homeless. If a person has a lot of other things wrong in his life, but he has a home to come back to at night, he has a roof over his head, he has a warm bed to sleep in, person knows that he has okay. At least if everything's going wrong in work, but I know that I can go back home, at least I have a place to be able to settle down. If everything's, my health is not good, but at least I have my own bed to be able to sleep in. A house is something which gives a person a lot of yeshiva das, and it gives a person a lot of achavas das, and allows a person to be able to say, I, I'm, I have a base, I have a place that I'm connected to, I have a, I have a yesoid, I have a foundation in my life, a place that I can go back to at the end of every night, the end of every matzev, the end of every vacation. The only thing I know when I go away, the only thing I want to do is just get back to my own house, get back to my own base, to my own room, to my own to my own bed, to my own to the place that, that makes me feel a certain sense of comfort. Even if it's a rental, and even if it's not, you don't own it. It doesn't make a difference. Right? I, I was talking to before the house that I'm in now. So I was talking to the real estate agent that was showing us the house. So we, you know, we showed us certain things about the house. So I'm more such that I like the color of the paint or something. He said, I'm telling you, once you once you rent the house and once it becomes your house and we're buying, you're renting it. He says, it's right away you're going to start liking it. It's right away you're going to start growing it. You're not going to even change it. What the hell? And whatever, we still haven't changed it. We're moving out in a few months. We still haven't changed it because once something becomes yours, even if it's a rental, it becomes becomes very comfortable with it, and it becomes it comes a place of comfort, a place where a person is able to go. It's a base where a person is able to go back to constantly. A moon is the same thing. A moon surrounds a person, and a moon is a base that a person is able to get back to constantly. Bachavakuk, the Gemara Makas tells us, Bachavakuk, the midan alachas tzadik b'monasa yichya. That a tzadik after everything, Bachavakuk, the midan alachas all of Torah, all Tariq mitzvahs come back to one yisoid. It's that yisoid which is the home. It's the home base for everything in my life that I'm able to always go back to the place of Amunah. And when everything in my life is falling apart. If I build the home of Amuna, I could always go back to that house and I could live back in the house and I'm able to say, I'm comfortable because if everything's not working out well, I have my house and that's the house called Amuna. It surrounds a person. It's much like that arm makif which surrounds a person. That's what a house does for a person. And that's why we'll see it was very, very crucial that the, that the, the Chacham and the Tam, the Chacham decides to leave his house and the Tom decides to stay in the house. They're both the fathers are going to give them the house. The Tom stays in the house that his father gave him, which means he's Yerush, that Indian of Amuna from his father. The whole idea of Amuna Pshuta, Amuna Pshuta doesn't mean that a person's foolish. Amuna Pshuta means that I have a father and a grandfather and a great grandfather, and it's passed down by Messerah for the previous generations, and it's passed down to me, passed down to me in a way that I'm able to be Yerush, the Amuna from my father, and Mamela, what the child does, the Tom does, is he stays in his town, in his house, he stays in that place of the bias, and that's where they're Balabatim. Balabatim doesn't just mean that there are people that are going out to work. Balavata means they're a bal on the Indian of a bias. Bias is a muna. These are people, the fathers of both the Chacham and the Tam, were baglam. They were, they were owners. They owned the concept of a muna. They had a shaykhah of the concept of a muna. They made a kinyan on the concept of a muna. And they were also gedel bashiras. It's also important to know that they're very, very wealthy. What, what does it mean that they're very wealthy? So the wealth of here is not referring to just physical wealth. The, re- the wealth of here is referring to ezu asher, hasumeich bechelkei. If a person's a bala bias, then a person's an usher. 
And he's not just an usher, he's a person who wants to become very wealthy. Rav Nachman's telling us the secret to becoming very wealthy is you have to be a balabas. You have to be a bala bias. You have to be a bal over your bias. If a person has real amuna, ezu asher samech bechelkoi, and the Tver Shlomo writes that ezu asher samech bechelkoi is not only going begashmias, it's going beruchnias also. That a person says, if I'm not the smartest guy in the shir, if I'm not, the, if I'm not the, you know, the, the person who's able to concentrate and sit and learn for three hours, and I, I don't, I don't know so much zitzflesh. I'm not the kind of person who has the, who has the amount, amount of tzedakah to be able to give out to that I would like. When the when the mishul comes around, he's not looking for me in shul because he heard that episode in the shul. It just comes to me and I give him a dollar like everybody else in shul because. I don't have the Ashiris, but I'm Ezu Asher, Hasmech Bechelka. I realize that this is the Chelik Hashem gave me, that I'm an Asher Gadol. So the person who's Shnei Balabatim, the person who's a Bal Habayas, the person who's, who, is a, who has Bailas over the Indian of his house, the house represents a Muna, he has Gedolim Ba'ashiris, he has real wealth. Ezu Asher, Hasmech Bechelka, Sain Gashmi, Sain Ruchnias. A person is able to be a real Asher by having real, real Simcha over his Chelik. And we'll see, this is going to be the story of the Tam. As we go through the story of the Tam, he, he's always happy. Nothing ever phases him, not his wife screaming at him, not his lack of money, not his lack of food, not his lack of clothing. He's always, he's an usher. He's a real usher. And the Chacham who has the most money is the real, is a person who's a real, real poor person. Because the difference between somebody who's wealthy and poor is not the, is not the number of the bank account. The difference is, Ezu usher, Samech Bechelke. person could have come out nothing, there's a roof over his head maybe, and a wife and children. Maybe not even that. Maybe he doesn't even have children. Maybe he doesn't have a wife. Maybe he doesn't have a job. But he's able to be Semech Bechelko. Whatever the Chelek is right now at the moment, person says, I could be an usher because right now I can say that what I have is what the Rabbanisham gave me. That per, that's a person who's a real usher. And Fakarat, the person can be the person who has mamish everything, everything, everything. He has everything. Sign Gashmi, sign, sign Ruchnias, and he's miserable. And he's not an usher. He's the poorest person in the planet because he has nothing. Imamish has absolutely nothing. And therefore, the Shnei Balavatim, the word Be'ir Achas, they were very wealthy, not just physical, financial wealth. They're wealthy because they were Semech Bechelkei. That's why it's important that the houses that they had were not just regular size houses. They were huge houses. What do they have to have huge palaces for? Because this is what they had. They had a big house. A person has a Chavas Adas in a big house. Chazal tell us, in the middle, they had a big house, which means they had a, they had a lot of amuna. They had a tremendous amount of amuna. They always had a place to be able to go to that they can say they can be comfortable in. They were batim gedolim. They had large, large houses that they were able to live in. So again, you have two balawatim growing up in the same city, and they both have the same set of circumstances. That's why, that's like we said, both of the fathers of the Chacham and the Tam are the same. Rachman is not machalik at all between the two fathers. The sons become different. But the fathers, Lachar, are exactly the same. They're Shnei Balabatim, the Irachas, Gedolim Bashiris, Vailam Batim Gedolim. Same size house, same amount of money. They both do Samech Bechalke. They both had Amuna. The problem is that their children, one of the children went, went Tafsu Umnus Avoisam. One of the children took the Umnus of the father and he took the Inni of Amuna. And one of them, the Chacham, Fakar, is running away from everything that's surrounding him. And ends up in a very different place. Vahayulam Shnei Banim. They had two children. Lachal Echad Ben Echad. Each one of them had a child. The, the, the one usher had a child, and the other usher had a child. They both learned in the same cheder, so which means they're both in the same class, they both got into the same school, right? They both had the same pole, because they both their fathers were rich, they both got into the same yeshiva, the same cheder, they're both learning in the same class in cheder. These two children, one of them was a bar havana, and again, we mentioned two weeks ago, that he doesn't call them a tamarit, he doesn't call them a chacham originally, he's a bar havana. Bar havana means he was somebody who's able to grasp things easy, which is a great mile. That's a mile to be a bar havana. And the other one, and the other one was more simple. It's very, very important to know that the tam wasn't a tipish. That's not when Rabbi Nachman says to go to me with some shittis, it doesn't mean to be a fool. It's simplicity, simplicity, simple seichel. Told him something, he was able to understand it, able to be my minute, right? Rabbi Nachman says that, 
think it's a pasuk. Mishli pesi amal the davar that a pesi somebody who's foolish believes everything. Nachman said it's much much better to be the pesi a yam on the davar than to be the chacham that doesn't believe in everything. The tam is somebody who you tell him something. And he accepts it as true. There's no reason he should, he should assume that you're lying. The Chacham is the guy who never believes anything. And we'll see later in the story that the Chacham is the guy who doesn't believe anything anybody tells him. The worst person is the person who's so, who's so critical of everything anybody tells him. He's so not judgmental. He's so, he looks at everything with such a negative view that anything anybody tells him, he right away throws away. Right? He says, ah, it's probably not true. Probably, yeah, you're probably just running the internet. It's probably not true. It probably never happened. Right away, anything anybody tells him, he's right away double, he's right away second guess, guessing it. He's right away questioning it. Right away, it's not going to be true. The Tom is somebody who tells him something, and if it sounds good, and it makes sense, and it's all das, and if it's with him, he says, okay, fine, I'm happy to accept it. He's able to have seichel, pasha, vanamach, simple. The Vanshim tells him to do a mitzvah, he does a mitzvah. The Vanshim tells him not to do an avera. He doesn't do an avera. There's no cheshbainis, there's no chachma. Well, if I did this avera this one time, the Vanshim told you not to do it. Oh, chachmas, like we're learning now in Tariyad Beis and IA, if it's going to bring cover to Hashem, do it, and if not, not. Very, very simple, very basic. These two banim, they loved each other. They were best, best friends. Now already he switched it to one of them being a chacham. Even though one of them is a tam, and he was much more simple. He was a simpler kid in class. They loved each other. Why? Because as we said, the goal really is to make a yichr between the chacham and the tam. Not to throw out the chacham, not to throw out the tam, but when Yaakov and Esav are able to be twins and they're able to work together, that's the, ulti- that's the ultimate, the ultimate maila. The Yamam, I'm just going to do one more line and then we'll stop. These two balabatim started losing their possessions. They started losing money. They got poorer and poorer. Until they became mamash of Yoinim, they lost every penny that they had, total of Yoinim. The only thing that remained was their house. Now, we mentioned last time, two weeks ago, it's a very modern Nazach. When somebody starts losing money, the first thing you sell off is your house. Right? A person, especially, again, they had Batum Gedolim. If you're living in a massive, massive house, a few thousand square foot house, and your business starts going down, before you get rid of your clothing and your food, and before you get rid of, rid of the basic necessities, you get rid of your house, and you downsize your house, and you go to a smaller house, they don't give up their homes. They don't give up the Batam Gedolim, because as we said, Batam Gedolim represents a Muna. That a Yid can lose everything else. And even in Ruchnius, a Yid could have a Yerida in Ruchnius. If a person holds on to the Amuna, then a person's able to get back to where they're, where they're, gonna, where they're supposed to be. If a person gives up an Amuna, then when the Yerida happens, then Bachavak Vamidon Achas, and he lost that Achas, everything falls apart. If a person has a Yerida, even in Ruchnius, which passed us again, whether you learn that it was Yerida in Gashmias or Ruchnius, the fact that these two Balabatim started losing their money, either the money or Yerida in Ruchnius, it means the same thing. You read in Gashmis or Ruchnis, if a person has a Muna, a person's going to be okay. And therefore they said, we can get rid of everything. We can be, in, we can be caught up in, in terrible things. If we hold on to a Muna, this is what the Gemara says, according to at least the Girsa the Ein Yaakov, the Gemara says that even, even a Ganva, that even a Ganav, when a Ganav is standing at the entrance of the house and a Ganav is stealing, a Ganav turns to the Rabbanishlam and a Ganav davens to the Rabbanishlam, Rabbanishlam, please help me be Matzliach in the Geneva and that nothing gets stolen. Now it seems like a modern Nazach. Chazal is saying this as, as somewhat of, you know, of a, of a Milo, that even a Ghana believes in the Rabbanu That's a chutzpah. Right? That's the biggest chutzpah. You stand there, you're stealing. The Rabbanu Shem and you're davening to the Rabbanu that you should be able to steal with Hatzlacha. But it is. It's a terrible, terrible thing. Obviously, Ivan Israel, he's signals a terrible Avera. Not, not to whitewash Khalil the Avera. But if he has the Amuna and he's still dominating to Rabban Islam to get him out of the Matziv, then one, that he should be Matzlech in Geneva, one day he'll be able to get out of the Matziv. One day he'll be able to make it out. If he lost the Amuna, then that, then already, then already fell apart, right? There's mice like this with Balshem. The Balshem used to help different Ganavim when they're running away. Rishlam Kabach tells a famous story about the Ganavim that used to run away. You know, the thieves that used to run away and they came to the Balshem. Every time they were getting chased by the police, but 
it's not, and the Bashem used to help them be able to hide from the police. It's not Stam, a tipshist, a The Bashem understood that if they still have Amunah, if they're still running to a tzaddik, if they still recognize that you have to run to the base medrash, one day they're going to be able to turn around. And Kachav, at the end of the Maisa is, at the end of doing full tshuva, because Bashem said they can be the worst people. If they still have the Batim Gedolim, if they still have Amunah, they'll make it back onto the right path. Eventually they'll get right back. If they lost the Amunah, if the Chachma caused them to lose the Amunah, they could be doing what they're supposed to be doing. They could be involved in Torah Mitzvahs, but if they're missing if the missing tzaddik the chiyas of everything, so the Torah mitzvahs eventually are going to fall apart because it doesn't have the base, it doesn't have the assert, it doesn't have the malchus, it doesn't have the foundation of Amuna and the middle it's going to fall apart. And therefore, even though they started to lose everything, they always held on to the homes because the homes represent Amuna and you never want to give up on your home, you never want to give up on that place which makes you feel secure. And that place is the place of Amuna. So we'll continue next week where we'll see exactly the jobs that they each took. The Chacham took one job, we started taking a job, the time took a job of a, of a Shoemaker, a much more simpler job. We'll start to see, Mitzvah Shem, how the, uh, how the story progresses over the next few weeks. Shakayach.